Welcome to the Mission Matters podcast, celebrating the people and initiatives that embody the Jesuit tradition of St. Louis University, celebrating what matters in the 200-year-old-plus mission that is St. Louis U, brought to you from the Office of Mission and Identity. I remember being in an airport several years ago, waiting for a friend of mine to return from a trip. As we were waiting where people came through the final security, there was a young father and two young children, apparently waiting for their mother to return home. The little boy was about six years old and so was very excited about his mother coming and kept asking, when will she be here? When will she be here? But the young girl was only maybe two or three years old. And so she was very intent on collecting all of her toys that she had brought inside the airport. So she had a stuffed bear, she had a doll, she had a little basket that she was holding on to. She needed to have all these things wrapped up in her arms. And as her older brother tried to take one or two away from her so that he could play with it, she would, with great emphasis, indicate to him that it was her toy and she was going to hold it and she wanted to keep it. So this little one had her arms filled with all of her different treasures, so much so that she didn't notice her older brother, who had turned to the gate area and seen his mother coming. So he took off to run to her. The little girl was too preoccupied collecting her things and her arms were filled. However, once she turned and saw her mother, every treasure she had worked so hard to collect and hold on to, she dropped with reckless abandon and ran headlong into the arms of her mother. What an image this has remained for me. When I'm clutching to all the things that I hold so dear, Am I missing the welcome of my one true treasure? Today's podcast offers information about a new initiative here at SLU, but it also raises the question of whether we live out of a mindset of abundance or scarcity. Today, may we remember that we have a God of abundance who abundantly lavishes upon us so many gifts that we we couldn't contain them all even if we wanted to. Welcome back to Mission Matters. I am happy today to be joined by Christy Eit, who is campus minister, also spiritual direction. And I'm going to let you explain a little bit more about yourself. And also Benjamin DeFoy, who is a professor of atmospheric sciences. And the two of you are here to talk a little bit about the working group that you're a part of with regard to Pope Francis' document on the environment and creation called Laudato Si. So listeners out there, when you hear us talk about Laudato Si, that is the name of a document that translates literally into... Praise be to God. (laughs) There we go. It's St. Francis's song. Oh, isn't that beautiful? All right, so before we jump too far into that, um, tell me a little bit more about yourselves, and then we'll jump into the working group. So Christy? Yeah, my name is Christy Eit, as Virginia just said, and I... I'm a campus minister here at SLU. This is my ninth year in campus ministry here, and I've done campus ministry for the majority of my career. I'm also a spiritual director. I lead people through the spiritual exercises, and my connection to Laudato Si is really my love for earth, um, incarnation, spirituality. I have a really good friend in Ireland who's very connected and does work with Laudato Si, and so we 
connect in that way. But I guess just a little piece of history is that my grandpa was a gardener and I had fresh strawberries for the first 22 years of my life and it was abundant. So I always think of my earthly connection was just so natural in my early years. So It's hard to go back to yeah. Schnucks strawberries <laughs> after you've had yes. that. <laughs> Very good. Ben, a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, so my name is Benjamin Defoy, and uh, this is my 16th year at SLU. I'm a professor of atmospheric sciences. Just always been interested in the environment and also interested in computer modeling and, so, and also interested in education. So I was looking for a job that would be able to do all those things together. So I've been very happy to be here at SLU all these years. And so I do research on air pollution, looking at uh, using satellite data, for example, to see what kind of pollution is coming from cities and to try and help inform better policies. And I also give talks on climate change, uh, try and motivate action and uh, raise awareness on a very important topic. Um, I did not have strawberries growing up. We did have uh, tomatoes in our in our backyard for a while, and just like you say, it's hard to go back to the store-bought ones once you've Impossible. tasted the real. And my last name is Herbers, which I recently found out in German. We were called the Herbers because they were gardeners, the uh -huh. herb Oh. I thought that was interesting. I always wanted to be French and be Herbe, Herbers. <laughs> so talk to us just a little bit about how this came into being, what's going on with this whole initiative. Just explain it to us. Well, I can just start with the definition on the website. It's three paragraphs, and I'll only say the first part, Perfect. and we can talk a little bit more about that. But this is the Laudato Si Action Plan website. And the definition is the Laudato Si Action Platform is a unique collaboration between the Vatican and International Coalition of Catholic Organizations and all women and men of goodwill. Taking a, a truly ground-up approach, it is rooted in the strengths and realities of communities around the world, empowering all to take decisive action here and now as we journey toward a better future together. So... That just kind of gives an overview of what it is. Yeah. I think it's both the church, the Catholic Church initiative, but in collaboration and, and with all the people in the world. As we know, our world is in need of an environmental conversion, I yeah. believe. And a stronger commitment to it, right? Uh, how exactly did this come to SLU? And how are the two of you, and also Father Matthew Baugh, mm -hmm. uh, as representatives here at SLU, just kind of making up the working group? Where did all this come from? I think it started with just the Jesuit universities throughout the world, and then there are various connections with the institutions in the world, right? Okay. All the way down to the family. And mm. so this little working group of the universities then got connected to the dicastery, and so this is kind of trickling down, but it's also supposed to be a grassroots movement. The Vatican is inviting, I would say, all the people in the world to kind of look at their local community and how can we build from the local. And yeah. make decisions, like policy decisions? Yeah, I mean, really a change of culture is how I think mm. about it. Five years after Laudato Si came out, the, the dicastery <coughs> kind of thought, well, you know, we had this very nice document, everybody loved it, sort of talked about it a lot, but we need more action to follow the talk. And... We want to reach out to all these different groups. So the, like Christy said, seven different groups, dioceses, institutions of learning, families, parishes, are all going to be working on uh, walking on a journey, seven-year journey, to do things. And so when you ask about policies, well, everybody at their level can do something for uh, Laudato Si. And it's not specifically environment. It's 
very uh, general. The encyclical talks a lot about integral ecology. But yeah. So what might that look like here? Is that what's being conversed about right now? Is what is that going to look like? Right. Our working group sort of took part in the planning meetings, found out what it was about. We were appointed by Dr. Fred Pastello, who has signed up the university to be part of this effort, worldwide effort. So we're one of over 100 universities worldwide who have signed up to do this, the initial cohort. And the, the hope is that there will be other cohorts that follow. Mm-hmm. But it's nice to be the inaugural cohort. And then we want to bring uh, as many people on campus, people of goodwill together who are going to work on this and say, oh, well, you know, how does this, what does this mean for my division? What does this mean for my group, my department? How do we move forward? And they will implement things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think for the systems, the it, it comes in the form of a seven-year journey, right? And so I think the idea about the seven-year journey is quite wise. How do you, first of all, create an action plan. That's the first year. And then the middle unit is enact the action plan, fiddle with the action plan, like kind of tweak it as needed, but basically grow a culture and some really it's about awareness to to grow our awareness as a collective institution um, and all of the giftedness that's here. And then at the end of the seven year journey, see where we've been, look back and reflect and also be, I hope, amazed by what has happened, what we were able to do together. Do either of you have like a dream as to what the priority would be starting off? What well, one one of the things is we went to the the preliminary meetings and reached out is there's a lot of stuff happening on campus but a lot of that has been maybe disconnected or people are not necessarily don't really know each other so one of the initial things that I think will be a very positive outcome of this is to build energy around that to create links between people so maybe that would be the, the first dream is to say hey we're, we're already doing this great stuff let's showcase it and let's build on it yeah and and reach out. Once we have this core group of people who are interested, that kind of reach out a, a wider circle of people who wanted to be involved but were not sure how to do it. My sense is, is once there's more awareness, there will be lots of energy. I mean, I think we already kind of saw that in, in the Zoom that happened a few weeks ago. I When I talked to students, I just spoke to a student this morning who is a part of Green Billigans, and she does doing something for Earth Day. There is energy here already. There's already a, a, a great amount of giftedness, and it's just, you know, how do we combine this energy and work together right. to do this together? I'm so glad you brought up Earth Day. That was one of the nice coincidences of this podcast in dropping the week of Earth Day. So this initiative will hopefully get people's ears tickled a little bit to say, oh, I want to be part of that, or I want to learn more about that, or I'm going to keep up to date on that. What are we doing? In terms of you personally, so you talked about uh, your family. You had fresh strawberries growing up. What's the vested interest in SLU actually taking this and running with it? It's obvious that this is an important issue, and we keep hearing about whether it's fossil fuels or you know conspicuous consumption, the things that are really damaging our environment and our planet and our cultures increasing the divide among privilege. Mm. So what's the vested interest that each of you have in making a go of this? 
You know, one, one of the sermons that Father John Kavanaugh used to give, hopefully people will remember this on this podcast, Father John Kavanaugh, much beloved professor that we had, who wrote the book in the 70s on uh, following Christ in the consumer world. There's a story, you know, somebody came to him and said, what should I do, what should I do? And he says, well, go think about what makes you come alive and go and do that because the world needs people who have come alive. Mm. And I think with this Laudato Si, I think it's important to, to keep in mind it's not just an environmental newsletter. It, it's not just a sort of badgering here, don't do this, don't do that, don't pollute. It's much broader than that. And it has a whole vision of life, but it's also saying how, you know, the, the slogan of it is really everything is connected. And so we listen to the cry of the earth, but we also listen to the cry of the poor. And so that leads us to sort of community engagement that leads along many different dimensions. So I think a lot of those are very consistent with SLU's mission, you know, all sorts of people. That's why the, the letter is not addressed to just the bishops or just the priests or just Catholics. It's, a, it's addressed to everybody of goodwill. And I think, you know, when we've seen some of the tragedies we, we've been witness to recently, the, everybody of goodwill can come together and see that those, these things are linked, doing something for the environment, doing something, you know, f- to improve our city maybe, to reduce inequalities, to improve the way we teach, to improve student well-being. All these things are kind of related. Yeah, I mean, as a minister, and also just personally, I have the charism of healing. But we are responding to the call for healing in our relationships with, relationships with God, our neighbors, and the earth itself. I mean, I think that this initiative has the ability to heal so many things. I was just on the med school today, and I've talked to med students and talked to students through the year. All of our systems are so broken right now and I think there is this longing for healing I also as a minister don't believe in the narrative of scarcity right I I think that the earth itself is not scarce and my experience of God is that God is generous the earth is generous so how we are treating the earth is not how God created us to treat the earth and I think a lot of that has to do with our lack of rootedness and our lack of awareness. One of the things that Pope Francis says in his encyclical or maybe it's in Let Us Dream, I don't remember, but he says, you know, people tend to be in denial when there are critical things happening. So this, I also think about it as Jesus says, pay attention to the signs of the times. Mm -hmm. To me, this is very clearly a sign of the times. You know, all the science says it, all the ministers say it, you know, like who isn't saying this? It's the people who want to be in denial and don't want things to change, but that's not the way of God or earth. We constantly have to change if we want to have life. I love those concepts that you're talking about. The concept, first of all, of healing. What do we need more than that right now, right? But also this notion of abundance. Mm -hmm. In our theologies, we do have a God of abundance. We have a God of liberality. I mean, it's crazy how prodigious the mercy and the love and the generosity is of the God we worship. So even using that as a lens Mm -hmm. versus scarcity, there will be enough there is enough we have enough we are enough and can we allow for that for other people rather than the hoarding Mm -hmm. and the belief that I have to take care of my own because we might not have enough I participated in a webinar last spring and it was by a Navajo woman named Pat McCabe that's her English Mm -hmm. name but she shared how I just remember this image of she said one day she was looking out at the rain 
And she said, you can see it. You can see out into the earth. And so that is the way spirit moves, is the spirit is generously giving. And I just think that's a beautiful image. Have either of you read the book Braiding Sweetgrass? I have not yet, but I've heard of it. I think the author's name is Robin Kammerer. She's mm-hmm. from the Potawatomi tribe. Mm-hmm. And the, her main theme is reciprocity. Like our mm-hmm. relationship not with the earth, yes, but also in cultures and with one another and in families and in classrooms. Because mm-hmm. she's a biology professor as well. She said it's all about reciprocity. You know, if I take something then I have to return something, whether that's mm-hmm. to the earth or in a relationship. If I've, if I've received something, I have to give back. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, systems break down. Relationships mm-hmm. break down. So, yeah, it's a great book. Well, and I know that this is a scary concept or a hard concept because we're in a lens of a culture that thinks differently, right? So, like, I th- I've been calling it, what the ch- church also calls it, too, the culture of death, right? Like, mm-hmm. we kind of grew out of this culture of, of death. And so to learn generosity as the earth or God gives, you know, that's something that may not come immediately, naturally, you know, and yet it is an invitation. And I think it also is an invitation to fullness, an invitation to joy. And we really see that with spring, you know, I think now is a perfect time to go out in nature. We were just talking about the botanical gardens here in St. Louis. We're so fortunate to have yeah. all these amazing institutions. that, And to see, you know, these plants just come up and they bloom and it's free. That yeah. Freely you have received, freely you shall give. And, uh, yeah. and I think it's Paul, is it in Corinthians, what is there that you have that you did not receive? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's very much just like you're saying, and it's very much the theme of Laudato Si. Yeah, to appreciate the beauty, to be, a, to be able to see it. And um, I remember the last time I was at the gardens, it was during the iris irises, so oh. that was yeah. a year ago already. You don't go often enough. <laughs> I know I don't. I know I don't. But there was this little boy. He had to have been maybe, oh, I don't know, four-ish. And, of course, everybody's, like, enraptured by the irises. And he had found a dandelion. Now, I don't know how a dandelion got growing in the botanical <laughs> gardens, but it did, coming up through the cracks in the asphalt. And I just watched that kid. And it's what we're talking about, right? And it's, even if that's a weed, I mean, to think about the life force that sprouts up through concrete. It's awesome. I mean, in the original sense of how inspiring. And you just can't stop it. That's the abundance. That's the Mm -hmm. generosity. And mm, if we believed that and lived out of that, it would change a lot of things. This is a great week to remember it since it's Holy Week, right? And we're moving into resurrection is how do we, how do we live what we profess? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not just talk the talk. Okay, so this might seem an obvious question. Um, as I read the mission statement of SLU, the pursuit of truth for the greater glory of God and for the service of humanity to form men and women for and with others. Where's the intersection point? Where does it not intersect? <laughs> but that's really um, kind of in, it infuses everything we do. Um, suddenly, the greater glory of God, and I think that's why it's called Laudato Si. To go mm. back to Saint Francis, anybody who's not 
totally familiar with St. Francis. I met some students who gave me a blank look recently. I was like, go out and read about St. Francis, <laughs> you know, and, and the, the prayer to Brother Brother Earth and the yeah. Sister Moon. And so, so there's that. And, and the real goals of this are, like I said, it's not just narrow, okay, we're going to reduce our carbon footprint. I mean, those are good things. It's not just narrowly environmental things, but it's much broader than that of how do we as a community sort of engage. And what one of the things we'd like to promote sort of as the university plans for this is, you know, community engagement has been a big part of what we do. And that could be a, a specific way in which we implement this at SLU compared to maybe other places where it would be particularly focused on the community around us, the city, our outreach activities, student involvement. Students are very much into, you know, service projects. So those are really kind of integral to Laudato Si and, and that could be kind of our way of, of implementing this. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. It connects to so many parts of our mission. And, you know, I mean, I guess I'm most compelled these days by the thought that this is a critical decade for turning. I guess I'm, I, I keep using the metaphor as we're the Titanic and we see the iceberg and the iceberg, we can still turn the ship. Right. Um, how do we make ourselves aware enough that we can turn the ship? And it's it's not just, of course, St. Louis University, it's the whole world, but how do we turn the ship so that we can have a, a healthier, happier, richer future. And I think there are many ways to do that that are sustainable. And I also think that it will, I don't know that it will solve all of our problems, but I think it addresses a lot of the other things that we're working on in mission. As well. I could not agree more. Because in essence, it's what we've been talking about, whether it's healing and abundance, whether it's reciprocity, whether it's relationship and interconnectedness. <laughs> that's what we're here for. And that's the truth of who we are anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of maybe being a little bit more honest in our living. And there is, I mean, there's that part of, you know, ecological education, which is we need to open our eyes and say, you know, that honesty piece can be unsettling for us. And I, I do think with, you know, with COVID, with what we've been through, I think it showed maybe there were things that we needed to see that we were not seeing before. I mean, you know, the, who are the essential workers and how do we treat essential workers? That maybe that can shift our perspective. You know, we don't see them on the news very often, but they were there right. when we needed them. Very true. I'd also just mention, I, I love Ignatian terminology, and this is a term that maybe SLU is still a little traumatized by, but magis. But magis in the, its sense, like we a lot of people want to say more. It just means more, but it really means overflow. Like I think of the psalmist, my cup runneth over. But really, Ignatius was saying, what do we essentially need to do to leverage ourselves so that we can like overflow into our communities? And I think that this is something that can overflow beyond just St. Louis University into our city and our state and our world. So. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't think it's out of line to say that SLU is a pretty big player in the city. So I think there's real potential to what you're describing. You know, not to say, look at us, look at us, but can we together build a community that's stronger and healthier for everybody? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and to keep hope in mind, you know, we have, we're a people of hope. If we lose hope, then 
what are we? <laughs> that's sort of nothing. But and and environmentally, that's been the lesson all along. So many problems have been solved in the past. You know, the ozone hole problem solved. But uh, I li I like the example of the bald eagles. I have not tired of telling people this. Think of the bald eagles who were on the brink of extinction. And actually, just last week, I was getting on the metro at Shrewsbury, and there was a bald eagle at the metro station. No. Yes, oh, wow. <laughs> by Reva de Pere. That That's the, you know, the oh, most a, urban that's a desperate that bald seen. eagle. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a sign of the health of the environment. You know, this question of healing, the eagles are there because nature has healed. Yeah. And, and as nature heals, so too we heal. The, mm -hmm. the healing is for everyone. Mm. Also, I heard a TED Talk a year ago, and I was just kind of in awe because it was a scientist and... And it was lovely to hear her, but she said we've we've solved these issues with science before, and she spoke of the smog in the city of St. Louis, which I don't remember, mm -hmm. but apparently in the 70s and the 80s, you just saw a cloud of smog, and now we have technology that allows us to have clearer air. It has something to do with the cars and, and other yeah. things. <laughs> well, a hundred years ago, the botanical gardens bought the um, that land in, was it Grey Summit? Because their plants were dying. And so they were thinking, okay, our plants cannot live in the city. They're going to have to move out. What about us? You, yeah. know, you, yeah. you would go, we would go back home after a day of work and the, your color, your shirt would be black from yeah. soot. So nobody wants to go back to that. And the improvement has been amazing. We have much cleaner air now. And in the winter, we have these amazing clear blue skies. And, and that's, um, you know, that's a result of, of science. It's a result of engineering. But it's also the result of policy work, of political action, community action. So it's, it's not just, I think, to get back to this theme of everything is connected. It, was, it wasn't just like a silver bullet. It was everybody doing their part in their respective domains to bring that solution. And then now we kind of take the benefits and, and forget the work that went into it. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, well, before we conclude here is there anything else that our listeners need to know well ben mentioned saint francis i always love to mention saint hildegard because oh. she's a woman saint as part of it and i just she just has so much richness she's more and more known right now but she's a lesser known saint because she's been canonized for less time officially only a decade so I invoke her intercession for <laughs> for this movement and for SLU along with St. Francis and all of the earth-connected saints, which I think prior to maybe the Middle Ages and, and really even up to our time there are many, but I think in the Middle Ages and before that, so many people were just naturally connected to earth. So invoke heaven on behalf of SLU and this work um, that the Catholic Church is doing. Okay, amen to that. <laughs> yeah, to go forward in hope that the, what's it, um, well, Pope John Paul II's big thing, you know, be not afraid. And then in, uh, in A Man for All Seasons, St. Thomas Small says, uh, you know, the times are never so bad that a good man cannot live in them. And so to, mm. to keep that hope of going forward. And everybody's part does matter. All right, well, thank you, Christy and Ben. Thank you for taking the time to do this. As we are recording this, it is that day when the heavens have opened up, so we are celebrating <laughs> the opening of the heavens and the rain, but it was a little sloshy getting down here, so thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. And for those who are listening, please follow us on social media at SLU Jesuit Mission, and if you know of a colleague who's living the mission out loud but seems to be hidden in plain sight, please contact us in the Office of Mission. 
Until next time, let's remember, especially in this Ignatian year, we are one SLU where mission matters. You can engage the mission intentionally here at SLU, and you can encounter it randomly. But good luck graduating without ever touching it in some way. God bless everyone.